Check your mic. Testing. How's that? <laughs> Love That's it. perfect. That's perfect. Hello and welcome to Let Me Talk, the show where you talk and we listen. How are you doing, Miles? Yeah, I'm well. Well, it's good to see you. Oh, it's good to see you too, man. I, see, I feel like I barely see you. I like, know. If I, know. I see you, it's like when I'm really busy and like walking around town and shit, you know? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, it's good to like finally sit down and have a talk, you know? I hear. But, you know, we come f- we come to you from a cold and rainy night in St. Andrews. Oh, man, I haven't spoken to anyone all fucking day. Like, I've been in the library like all day. But I haven't even spoken to like any of my flatmates. This feels so good to like, finally use my voice, man. Dude, at, at least you're dry, man. We had a we had a frisbee game today in that weather. Uh-huh. Like it was like three straight hours of just being in the cold and the wind and the rain, and it was just, it's just so it's ugh, and oh. muddy as well, and like everything was wet and disgusting, and the walk home was the worst. Oh, so like, at least the, at least you were dry, man. Like is, I'm on the other end of the spectrum. <laughs> is that the one with the you play with Kip, right? Yeah, I do. Kip and I actually Kip played really well today. Kip, yeah. if you're li- shout out Kip if he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Kept the MVP. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> now, we've got a couple of topics we're going to talk about today. Uh, and as usual, I'm going to try and do my duty as a host and be neutral as possible. I'm without my co-host today, Tom, so I'm not going to be kept in check. Oh. So I'm going to try my best. <laughs> uh, uh, that is to say, obviously, my questions come from a genuine place of interest rather than opposing stance. So we're clear. Let's get to it. So, okay. Yeah. Stanley Kubrick, Chris Brown. Salvador Dali, Michael Jackson, Kanye West, Robert Burns, J.K. Rowling, Dave Chappelle. It's yeah. a vari- variety of that's artists a, a lot of from people. like <laughs> different times with one thing in common, mm. and that's controversy. Sure. Okay. Each have created which has been deemed masterful in their respected crafts, but also are no stranger to vice. My question for you, my friend, mm. this week is can we separate art from the artist? What do you think? So, from a. Okay. So, I want to preface this because I want to say that. My opinions all like they come from a place um, that reflects like what I grew up, what I believe, um, and that is to say that I have, when I talk and when I say you know what I believe, I, I just want to let people know that that's like my opinion and not I'm not gonna like push it on other people. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Like, so I'm what I'm going for when I answer this question is not some like objective how all people should consume art. It's more just like the way I think that art should be consumed and the way that I do subsequently. So, like, I can explain that, but mm-hmm. obviously I'm not going to be like, oh, you know, this should be done this way by all people, or, like, all people should, this, that, whatever. Well, in order to do that, I guess it's important to, like, <clears throat> define your concept of art. Right, right. So, what I wanted to say is that, you know, considering that, I don't think that I um, believe in a separation of art and artists. Um, and now to sort of move on to how you define art, um, I think that's a that's a way broad definition. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of stuff that can be considered art. That's of like, course, yeah. that's a that's a really it's a long like other conversation. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, like, I, I guess it's like really really interesting you say that because I think especially with a lot of these like really controversial uh, like figures out there, you know, yeah. like I, I just explained like. Kanye is a really, Kanye, really, really yeah. big talk, talking point right now. Right in the public eye, uh, too. Loki, I've completely forgot, but I've got, I've got the shirt on right no. now. <laughs> no, <laughs> not a form of protest or anything. But um, yeah, I've got a Kanye T-shirt on. Yeah, sorry guys, don't cancel me. But I think it's interesting you talk about art not being separated from the artist because someone like Kanye, I feel like, uh, like my response to wearing the T-shirt and listening to the music is. I think you can, and I think okay. uh, it's. I think it's it's easy to obviously like listen to it within the context of like what's currently happening with with Kanye, right? But I think there's also something to be said for genuinely just 
listening and enjoying a piece of music and not really paying too much attention to everything else. Okay. If that makes sense. Sure. Um, I think you have a point. I think that there is definitely, and certainly, and I'm also guilty of it to a certain degree, um, there, is, uh, there is merit to enjoying something in the abstract. Um, I, I think that that's absolutely, like, you can go ahead and do that all you wish. Um, I just find that in the world we live in today, uh, the consumption of media is fundamentally intersectional in that it is not just, when you consume media, you're not just consuming the media. I, I, you know, as it may seem, you know, I'm just, oh, I'm just going to listen to so graduation. You, you do know? you mean you're, like, consuming the context or surrounding this media or, like, everything else in between? More so that you're feeding the person who made it by consuming it. Because, frankly, like, you're not, no one's listening to, to physical copies anymore, right? It's a different situation if you buy a CD when you didn't know anything about the artist and you, and you pop it in and the artist is not getting, is not actively receiving compensation while you're playing the physical copy. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. playing a CD does not give streaming money to Kanye West. Like, if I go home and I put on my Kids See Ghost record, because I have that and I bought it back when I, like, back when I was really into... Nice. Back, yeah, right? Nice. <laughs> back when I was really into Yay. Like, I, I have a Kids See Ghost record. And if I go home and I throw that on my record player and I, I put it on, like, I put it back afterwards and I'm completely fine. Like, I have peace of mind because I know I'm enjoying the art you know, out of context, and Kanye West is not receiving a dime off of the off of my. He's not profiting off of my enjoyment of his uh, art. Um, however, when it comes to something so immediate and the, I would argue the most proliferated form of consumption of media these days, and that's that's digital streaming. Uh, I think that it is. Um, I actually, I would say it's impossible to separate the consumption of digital streaming art from supporting the actual artist. Because mm. with every song, you're giving them a tenth of a cent. You know, like every time I listen to Graduation, you know, I'm paying Kanye a dollar, right? Like that's that's basically what's happening. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that you kind of talk about that, but I feel like that's something more reserved for people that are aware of how the system works. Okay. I feel like the majority of people will listen to a song because they want to listen to a song. Like, sure. Totally. For example, like, I was listening to like I don't know like a Chris Brown song like mm -hmm. last year, and I remember someone called me out for it. Freaky was Friday, like, is it? Freaky? <laughs> it might have been. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but like I was like, you know, she was like, "Yo, why are you listening to Chris Brown? Like, mm -hmm. what's up? Mm -hmm. He's a cunt." I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'd, honestly, that that wasn't in my mind when I decided to press sure, play. Sure, sure. Yeah, what I mean, I totally hear. I just think this, the song's catchy. I wasn't like internalizing the the politics surrounding the song or right. anything like that. Right. So I think that's also interesting. Like my maybe my question, my next question is like, does it mean that people consuming this art should be called out for liking it, or should be educated in some sort of way? What do you think? Well, again, um, I'll reiterate what I said at the beginning, which is just that like this is the way I choose to consume art, and it's like not um, like I, I believe it, which means that like you know I'm, I'm going to live by it, but I'm also not going to push that on other people. That being said, though, I think there is a sort of duty of education, um, but it's very it's it's um, what do I want to say? It's condition-specific, I think. Like, mm -hmm. I think that there is... Uh, there are Situation-specific, sorry. Like, when it comes to streaming stuff, I think that that is... Let me say this. Like I said before, I think if you have the physical copy... Um, I think, you know, listening to that a whole bunch is not a big deal because you're not actively giving the artist money to then go in and, and let the artist, you know, use that money to go and... Um, you know, further their beliefs or ideals, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When you listen to a physical copy, it's very different. So I think there's a degree of education when it comes to streaming um, that I don't think is necessarily necessary for physical copies, but since so many people stream these days, you know, I think, I think that that is almost analogous with um, educating people 
just when they listen to the song, if that makes sense. So you think, like, uh, do you feel like most people would feel differently if they understood, uh, I guess, how that works and, like, how they're actually, like, funding this artist? Or they would feel differently if they, uh, they knew this artist maybe didn't have that glamorous of a past? Does that make sense? What do you mean? So, like, I don't know, someone like, like you're saying, Kanye, like, it seems like you're very, very, like, clued on, clued in into how he's making his money and, and where the, the streaming money comes from and stuff. And that's sure. what you're talking about, like, you'd buy a physical copy or something like that. Do you think that uh, if people were informed of that, they would uh, stop listening uh, in a certain way and go for one that less profits the artist see see i don't know and it's also a slippery slope and i'm gonna i'm gonna sort of play the other side here and talk about um how artists make money because um so i mean you know yourself right yeah i do i (laughs) the album that i've made has made twenty dollars off of absolutely every play period like i've made 20 bucks so it's 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 nothing that's probably all my plays by the way (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i was just going to say that um when it comes down to it like no single person is obviously going to solve the problem by not listening to the music. And, and no small group of people is going to solve the problem because streaming these days is so diluted, it's so uh, oversaturated that there is no amount of... like. Okay, one person buying a physical copy is, is um, contributing more money to the artist than streaming is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just because, like, say, we'll talk my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, right? Because that's mm-hmm. the shirt you have on. Say I want to stream MBDTF, like, all the way through, right? Um, <clears throat> and then I want to go buy a, Or do I want to buy a physical copy of it? The physical copy is $40. Now I'm going to bring this back to you. This album I made two years ago that I've been basically promoting to every single person I've ever met has made $20 over the course of two years, or everybody that's ever listened to it. And I'm by no means... No, by no means my Kanye West. But with... Um, like when it comes to a single person listening to it like by purchasing a physical copy once um it's very unlikely unless you're a super fan that you're going to make more um more money based on the streams rather than yeah. the physical copy itself so I, I it's it's definitely like sort of convoluted and it's a weird and slippery slope um, i mean i guess that's because like the market is so like diluted these yeah, days especially yeah. with like streaming if that makes sense for sure um i guess it's interesting that you talk about like art being like intertwined with the artist because mm-hmm. I guess a position of many people is that once they release song, painting film mm-hmm. into the world it's essentially not their own anymore it's right. up to public opinion right? and it's it's sort of morphed and it's it's not theirs, they're not holding on to it anymore and it's, it's everyone else's in a sense. So does that maybe mean that it's sort of like taken away from them and it's a separate entity of its own? See, do, I you, actually, do you see where I'm coming from? So I see where you're coming from, and I, I would actually I would disagree with this. Uh, and I'm going to cite a Playboy Cardi lyric, <laughs> uh, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it tastefully. So there's that lyric in R.I.P. where he says, uh, I think this encapsulates it perfectly. Is that lyric in Rip where he says uh, he says bought my mama a crib off that mumble and shit. So <laughs> when you um, <laughs> when you um, when you release art what you do is you let people consume it, right? At least in, in, the, in the modern epoch, what you're doing is, and when you release art, you are allowing people to consume it and then thereby supporting you. So, like, when you release it, I don't necessarily think that you're, like, giving it up because fundamentally, it's still working for you. Like, your art is still working for you. Right. You know, so, like, 
if I release graduation right now and then go on in eight years to say some wildly anti-Semitic shit, you know, people are going to be rationalizing my anti-Semitic shit and just defending me because I'm saying like, oh, you know, he made graduation. You know, I listen to graduation all the time. Graduation's one of my favorite albums ever, right? And I know I'm sort of zoning in on this Kanye example, but I just I feel well versed in it. I mean, it's very it's very, it's very, it's very relevant, easy. You know? Yeah, relevant. It's easy. It's it's um yeah. Anyways, uh, so I think that. <clears throat> still making money off of the things means that you're not necessarily giving this up to the public. Um, it's no, it's not like no longer yours because fundamentally you're supporting the artist financially by listening to them like on a streaming service, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're supporting the artist financially, which then, you know, if enough people do that and obviously enough people have for someone as huge and like global as Kanye West, um, then they're going to basically be... Um, uh, in, not incentivized. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, bankrolled, I guess, by the people listening to them. So, uh, by the people listening to the art that they've put out. So, all that to say that I don't think that putting something out releases it and absolves the creator of their relation to it. I think the relation to it is still very much there because, you know, people are buying into it, people are consuming it, and that gives the creator money. So the creator is is making money off of what they've produced. Do you think Kanye West's recent like? controversies is like is like completely ruined his career in terms of like streams and numbers do you think if he if he now releases another album uh it will be it'll tank you think i'm sure of it yeah i mean look at look at his last release right a lot of people forget it but the guy released donda 2 like how much money has the guy made off of donda 2 it wasn't on streaming service i know yeah because it was on the stem player yeah he tried to like revitalize things and it's just he tried to start a revolution and people were like it did not work like just based on that alone like people are not going to buy into that not to mention he's lost two billion dollars worth of partnerships of sponsorships i know it's insane how quickly and easily you tank a legacy like that i it's fucking crazy the one thing i would say though is there has been arguments for it being more of a loss to adidas considering that they no longer have the user's name, the yeah. user name, right? Okay. And they're still willing to sell the silhouette of the trainer, right? But just under just a new not, name. Yeah, yeah. And like, I mean, that's what he was going off on on all his Instagram rants, yeah. right? Like and he was like, he was like literally outing people, adding people, like dropping, dropping. Like, I think did he drop an IP address? I don't know if he dropped. No, he dropped a house. He dropped a picture of the person's house. I think the bro, bro, <laughs> literally on his public oh, Instagram. I remember like when he went on hats matter shit. Oh my god, man! <laughs> I remember when he went on like a like a tangent or like a little rant, uh, like little picture rant, and he like <laughs> he just exposed <laughs> everyone in yeah. the in the Adidas yeah. like uh, boardroom that was like basically like saying no to him. I know, he just yeah. fucking like exposed them all. <laughs> I was like, holy shit! Like I, I feel like he he does he does the things good or bad, but they've just literally never been fucking done before. Like mm. I don't think anyone yeah. has done on, on a scale, like on a platform that he has. Yeah, yeah. Just exposed, uh, like a fucking board like that. That is honestly mind blowing to me that he has won the audacity, audacity maybe, yeah. or maybe just the the bravery to be able to do that. Maybe that's testament to his like confidence of never being cancelled. And I suppose something like that, but I mean, but I mean, it's, it's not looking good, you know. I there's mean? a uh, there's a Hunter S. Thompson quote that says that the only way to know the line is to go cross it, right? Of course. So yeah, yeah. now at this point, like, I appreciate to a certain extent the fact that he is standing up to, um, or or was, you know, at the beginning standing up to people who were using his designs without proper credit. Um, there's a certain merit to that, you know. I, I think ra- I think it's rather shallow, but it's I shallow. also I also do think there is there is some there is some merit to him in the beginning uh, and then he went too far um, he's crossed the line and now 
lost $2 billion. Um, I don't listen to his music anymore. I'm sure I'm not the only person who doesn't listen to his music anymore. So that's like um, a choice that you've made that you will not... It is. At this point, like, the things that he said have, so have impacted me uh, and the people I love mm-hmm. um, and just the place where I come from uh, is, a, uh, is not a place that is like, in any way tolerant of any sort of anti-Semitism, regardless of if the guy is a musical genius and managed to make Jesus, you know? Yeah. Can, can you... I guess elaborate on I guess can you tell me what he said because I guess I didn't I'm not going to say I didn't understand what he said but it was mm. more just like I saw the aftermath rather than okay. like what sparked it alright I guess if you're able to talk about that and like why it was problematic that sure. would probably help a lot of people that don't understand the context okay well I mean to put it very simply it's like obviously there's this there's this uh, the oldest conspiracy theory in the world right is that like you know Jews are like there's this like cabal of Jews that like run the world, right? Yeah. And it's, it's like this global elite is off is this term that's often used uh, and unfortunately conflated um, with with Judaism. So there's this idea um, that he he comes on to a whole bunch of talk shows and starts to say all these things about how like um, oh you know like let's see all the managers for these contracts like let's see let's and it's it's very much like. I don't. I don't like using the word "coded" because I. I don't know. I just don't. But like, it, it feels very much like dog whistle towards anti-Semitism. Yeah. Uh, when it's like, oh, you know, this global elite, this and global elite that, and then eventually he just comes out and says it. Mm-hmm. Um. He just he just comes out and says something like, you know, like, oh, you know, but I can't be canceled for saying these anti-Semitic things. Like he admits that they're anti-Semitic because he's like, oh, because I am Jew. You know what I mean? And then he he does this whole like, like um. This like black Hebrew Israelite thing, um, which is not my thing. I don't I don't really understand it, so I'm not going to talk on it very much. Um, and then he uh, he's asked to apologize, and he doesn't reel back on the apologies. He doubles down. And like I think recently he posted on his Instagram as well, um, he's talking about all this stuff like, oh, you know, um, he like posted some like warped ass scripture verse, and it was like it was like it was something about like how God rewards those who are tested in His name or some some crap like that. And it's just like. All right, man. Like, give it up at this point. Mm-hmm. I, this is like, you're not apologizing for anti-Semitic remarks. You're doubling down, like, with like scripture verses, and you're saying some yeah. stuff like, "Oh, you know, they tried to cancel me." There is no coming back from this. Yeah. I mean, like, fundamentally, he is not the same person he was, um, and he'll never make something that will be as much of a cultural point, like, like a, a cultural landmark, as the things he's already created. Like, it's very clear this is the. If not the end, it is clearly the bottom half of his career. It is the last. You know, this is this is the end. Does this cancellation not sort of overlook the great achievements for art and culture that he's made? Okay, so in the abstract, I uh, I like I love Kanye's music. I will I will be so honest with you in saying that um, a lot of my high school years and f- to a certain extent, like early uni. You know, my like I like music a lot, and one of the big things that got me into, you know, hip hop and that side of that side of music as well was, you know, sort of the the fusion that Kanye and Kid Cudi did, and the experimentation that Kanye and Cudi did around like 2018 with like Kidsy Ghost and Ye, right? Like songs like Ghost Town and uh, and Fire, like really sort of blew my mind that like, oh shit there is an intersection in these things and that was my kind of my gateway from like more like instrumental live rock music into like rap and now i'm a huge rap head like i i i love hip-hop i love rap um and then from there i kind of branched off into the rest of kanye's discography so to a certain extent i love kanye's music and i owe it a great like a debt of gratitude to my music literacy like i um i love a lot of the music i do because 
um, it's tied to Kanye in some way, and like I, I owe a lot to that. But um, I think there's a degree of growing up that I've had to do and sort of leaving that behind because, like, yes, I love it in the abstract, but the way that I find myself consuming media and, I, frankly, the way that most of the world consumes media um, does not allow for a separation of art and artist. So I just don't, I don't find myself listen to a lot of Kanye anymore, unfortunately. And I love the stuff, which is really sad. So, Well said, well said. Thank I think you. we're going to go for our first break. Sounds good. Um, unfortunately, I have no idea how the music works. If I, if I did, I would have like taken a request from you. Yeah. We usually do oh, that. Oh, shoot. Sorry about that. <laughs> and like, of course, you're probably one of the best people to ask a music request Damn. from because you could have <laughs> put someone on here. Like, you could have put anyone on your... You know? oh, well. But, I mean, we've got... We've got pretty decent track to start us off with. What is it? What is it? uh, Playboy Cari, Stop Breathing. We'll see you guys after the break. So I probably should have checked. Uh oh. uh, Wait. Is this going to play? Let's find out. Testing. Testing, testing. Wait. Alright, I'll tell jokes. How about that? If we're stalling, I'll tell jokes. All right, go on, tell a joke. What do you call a fish with no eyes, Callum? Well, what do I call a fish with no eyes? What do I call a fish with no eyes? Psh! Fuck off. <laughs> what do you call a deer with no eyes? No idea. No idea. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking do that one. I'm running out of material. Uh, how do you make a clown cry? How do I make a clown cry? Uh, I don't know. You kill its family. Uh, I'm really running out do you know of what, do, you know, do you want to know what my favorite <laughs> Halloween joke was? What is it? Hit me. So I used to have like a really vulgar one, or at least for the time. Sweet. And it was, uh, what do you um, call a dinosaur after a good night out? Mm, you, you, Actually, just after, yeah, after, after a good, good night. night. After a good night. Mm, I don't know. What do you call a dinosaur after a good Megasaurus. night? Megasaurus. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. I'm gonna use that. Bro, I was That's like, fucking amazing. <laughs> I was like, I don't know how fucking young I was when I was like, using that. That's beautiful. But like, that's probably the reason why I got like no sweets when I was younger. Like, <laughs> trick or treat. Like, they were just so. They shit. caught on, man. They knew. <laughs> but yeah, uh, fuck. What were we talking about before the break? It was actually really interesting. Uh, just oh, we were Kari. talking about Kari. Where were we? Kari, right? Oh, Playboy Kari. I really want to get into this actually because I was listening yes. to Kari, right? Yes. And we talked about Kari before. Uh, at least the last couple of times that sure. I've seen you, and I've been talking with my roommate, Jack. And shout yeah, out Jack. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Jack. Jack. But he just doesn't get it. Damn. He just doesn't get it, and it's really funny. Um, because I'll be talking to someone about Kari if it's you or someone else, mm. and he'll just go like, "Yeah, I just don't. I just think it's really shit. <laughs> like, I just, I just don't get it." And yeah. he's like, "Yeah, he mumbles all the time. I can't understand what he's saying." Mm-hmm. But I think me and you both think there's merit to that. I do. And uh, I guess if you can elaborate on why there is merit to that. Hell yeah. Awesome. Okay, so this is something I I do genuinely feel pretty passionate about because um, I was like, I was one of the first, like, I don't want to say I was one of the first, that that sounds really pretentious, but like, I was listening to like Ski Mask and like Lil Pump and X and like Rich Brian and all those people back when they were like still new on SoundCloud, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I was, I was still in, I was in, I was tapped in at that point and like for that, like, I, I will always have a like a a soft spot in my heart for I guess what's called mumble rap. Um, frankly, like the way I see mumble rap is I see it as it's kind of like it's like it's minimalist, right? Um, Where does it come from, though? 
where does it come? I actually, I have no idea about like the history of where it comes from. Um, probably ease, I would probably suggest because I'm not gonna lie to you. Like, however fun it is to listen to, like it's not hard to make. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. What you do is you you pay a producer to spend three hours, you know, three good hours on a beat, and they bring it to you, and you just like. One track is ad libs, and the other thing is mm. like it's, it's very formulaic. <laughs> like, I won't lie to you, but that doesn't mean it's not great, because formulas are formulas for a reason, and it's because they work. Yeah. So it's very obvious that like the general populace enjoys it, right? I mean, like Playboy Cardi has like Cardi has like a couple of number one albums, like right now, or I guess right now is Taylor Swift, but like right before Taylor Swift, I think it was was it Young Boy who dropped an album? Yeah, Someone yeah. maybe it was Young Boy, maybe it was Gunna. It was mm, maybe it was Lil Baby actually. Lil, I think it, Lil Baby Lil sounds Baby, right, yeah. right. Didn't that just recently happen? Yeah, Gunna did have a number one album with DS4 ever though. DS4, okay, yeah, but that was that was like a while ago. It was a while ago. Yeah, but I, I, NBA Young Boy has been like a chart killer for a while, and I don't understand fact. it. But yeah, he has. <laughs> he has he's just it. he's made so much in 2022. I think he's actually on album four just on this year alone. That's too much, man. That's yeah, just di- <laughs> it's diluting. It's yeah, just yeah. For certain people, I think it is too much. NBA Young Boy, I don't think anybody needs that much young boy music i can't lie to you <laughs> no, neither, neither, yeah. anyways um <clears throat> i was just going to i was going to use those all as examples to show that the general populace enjoys it like it's it's not without an audience very clearly um but i think the rationalization for me comes from um it's like candy i guess you know i, I feel like it's like candy in the sense that it scratches an itch in your brain um, it's very short-lived. You know, all the songs are short. There's not a lot of depth to them, with the exception of like a, a very couple of few songs that I think all are on Rodeo by Travis Scott. I think uh, every trap song is generally just like very straightforward and formulaic. Um, again, the exception is obviously a couple of songs on Rodeo. Like I think Nightcrawler is one of the is probably the greatest trap song of all time in my what opinion. What do you think? Oh my God! Um, interesting one. When uh, when the beat cuts out, and I think it's Sway Lee who's like freaks come out. <laughs> I just that part that part kills me and then it's like the beat comes back up but it doesn't come back up it's like and then he's like someone kill the light that's yeah uh, greatest drop song ever in my opinion um, wanna, I've got a question to ask you yeah, quick. Well, might um, as well. yeah so last week we had a couple of music producers on hit me yeah uh, RNAQ and we had Prince he's a rapper he's from St Andrews um, but it was very interesting the way that they talked about music yeah and the, the, the way that they uh consumed music and basically what RNAQ said was that he listens he he doesn't actually enjoy the song when he first listens to it because he listens to like he sees it in like a producer sense. Sure. So he he'll look at like the the BPM and be like, oh, what song will this transition into? What can yeah. I do with this? Oh, that's very interesting. The drums, like a DJ mindset. Do you know what I mean? Look, it's just it's like a very it's very like utilitarian. It's like how yeah, can yeah. I use this rather yeah, than yeah, like yeah. how can I appreciate it? That's interesting. Okay. I guess he looks at it in, in like a more abstract form where he like he pulls apart the yeah. song. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh, I like that kind of vocal switch there. That like the highs and the lows and like the the bass line here type shit. Like, so not seeing it as like a, a full song, but like mm-hmm. a sum of a lot of parts. Well, because like it's almost like he's a mechanic going into the song. Yeah. And taking out the bits that he likes, and then he's gonna later on go on his computer and try and like emulate that. Yeah. Okay. If that makes sense. I did. Yeah. Totally. I. I. I yeah. That's a very interesting way to listen to music. I don't think I do it the same way, but there's there's definitely I got a lot of respect for people who can who can listen to music in that sort of like u- utilitarian sense. Like, how do I use this? Yeah. He also says, um, <clears throat> well, I've heard a lot of people say this as well. It's that they don't listen to the lyrics for the first listen. Yeah, and that's imperative because someone put it to me like, music is essentially just 
sound waves hitting your ear, right? Mm. So it's not essentially words, it's just sound waves, and it's whether or not you enjoy those sound waves or not. Yeah. So it's important to listen to like a song as just a collective sound for two and a half minutes. Interesting. And okay. then like add in the lyrics. Yeah. I mean, I think there are some artists that I do listen to the lyrics the first time I listen to the song just because that's their whole brand, right? But I think that's like rather the exception than the rule. Like if you, every time I listen to a Taylor Swift album, like I'm not listening to a Taylor Swift album for like the shitty half-assed like pop country in the background. Like, <laughs> nah. I'm not listening to Red Taylor's version. I'm not listening to fucking All Too Well 10. I'm not listening to 10 minutes of All Too Well for the repetitive guitar line underneath Taylor Swift. Like I'm listening for the digs on Jake Gyllenhaal, bro. Like that's what I want. Like I'm, I'm there there for the I'm there for the for the tea and for the interesting lyricism and again I think the same is true of like a um of like a Kendrick album like I was not listening to Mr. Morale for like the beats because again like I really appreciate Kendrick's production but like ever since damn you know it has not been about the music it's been about the the rap right mm-hmm. so you know, I think I think that's um, another thing I listen to. I listen to him for the music. Joey Badass, obviously. Um, he's just heavy lyricism on that guy. Yeah. Fucking beast. Um, and, you know, like, uh, they're not necessarily making new stuff anymore, but, like, you know, older songwriters, like, if I discover a new Bob Dylan album, because God knows there are, like, 8 million Bob Dylan albums <laughs> out there. I have not listened to them all. Uh, every time I'm listening to a new Bob Dylan album, it's like, oh, shit, you know, this guy's lyricism is fucking genius. Um, you know, Tom Waits, when I discover, like, a an old Tom Waits song that I, I, like, haven't discovered yet. Same thing with, like, Jeff Buckley, Elliot Smith, like, Nick Drake. Those songwriters who are, like, legitimately songwriters um, more than they are musicians, I think are lyrics the first time. But I think a lot of new music, I think you're totally right. It's just sound waves for two and a half minutes. What do you think about the idea that mumble rap can't be albumized? Or can't actually... Be, can't be or can't actually, be? Actually, can't be. Actually, can't, I should... Okay. Mumble rap is, like, a pretty... F- informal way to describe trap because it's essentially trap, trap. music right? I think trap is probably the way to go yeah. trap music so mumble rap mumble rap always felt to me like yeah. nobody who enjoyed trap called it mumble it's rap you know I mean? right? it it's feels derogatory it's, yeah, yeah. Um, but I guess like there is like a I'm not going to say age old saying but like there yeah. is a there is a kind of general consensus mm-hmm. that with trap music comes great singles but and lackluster albums albums yeah is there yeah. Um, I guess a diamond in the rough there oh of course Rodeo, dude. Rodeo? Well, rodeo's Let's rodeo. talk about Rodeo. Rodeo. Oh, God, I love Rodeo. Why love do you rodeo. love Rodeo? I also love Whole Lot of Red, by the way. I was going to say, because okay. I think that, that album kills, <coughs> man. It's like... I, well, we can talk about Rodeo first, but I just want to sneak this thing in about, about Whole Lot of Red. And Whole okay. Lot of Red works as an album because, like, it was the first to really pioneer, like, the new genre of trap. And I'm not talking about, like, what Yeet and Summers are doing. I'm talking about, like... Punk trap. Nah, I, I guess. Punk trap is, like, a... That's an interesting way to put it. I don't think that's right because I think people like X and Ski Mask were, Maybe were really punk trap. Yeah, Lil Peep is more, like, emo, but, yeah, in the same sort of ilk. I was thinking punk trap is more, like, what X and Ski Mask and Rich Brian were doing in, like... 2018, 2019, right before they all sort of transitioned into huge pop. Um, but no, nah, I'm talking, I'm talking like what Trippy did on his newest album. I, I, I like to call it like Rage, just because I don't know what else you know it's it's supposed to call it. But it's all those beats that are made by the, like the Wake Up Filthy guy, Hi- and it's like I think it's hyper pop. Not hyper pop. Hyper pop is hyper pop is different. Hyper pop is like 100 gex. Right. Yeah. So that's like. It's like it's close, and it's um, but it's not the same thing. I'd probably call it closer to like PC music, um, and just like the sort of the stuff that's coming out of people like Arca or Sophie, uh, rather than someone like you know Dylan Brady or like Fraxium. You know what I mean? Like these people. <coughs> 
like Dylan Brady and Fraxium are making a certain type of music that's very much like <laughs> and then when you listen to like when you listen to a whole lot of red uh, you're, listening, you're hearing something that's like you know what I mean so that like that like I like to call that rage. I don't know if that's actually like a name for the genre or whatever, but like I feel like that's the first album that really did it. And then following that, like you heard Yeet on a lot of those beats in his early career. Like Sorry About That is definitely one of those. Of course, yeah, that's, yeah. that's definitely like a, a type of thing. Um, and then Trippy's entire album, Trip at Night, I think is is uh, is very much influenced by that. Like you can hear it on songs like uh, the the official version that got released of Danny Phantom with X, uh, MP5 with Sofago. Um, uh, I forget what that one song is with Drake, but like you can, it, you can very much hear that there's a style that yeah. comes out a whole lot of red. So for that, like I appreciate the album. You know? Well, I guess now we are we're seeing its impact, but initially sure. when it came out, bro, I was there was <laughs> there was an awful. Response I was in the trenches it. defending this album on December twenty fifth, two thousand twenty. Everywhere I know, bro, how shit it was. I lived through it. Um, I guess I, I guess that just like adds more like I guess like myth to the whole story of whole lot of red. If sure, that makes yeah, sense, yeah. the fact that it was so trashed when it came out i don't think it was trash bro well it it, it was trashed (coughs) trashed yeah it was trashed it definitely it was was. like you know in in the same bracket as like an 808s and heartbreak oh yeah and the the fact that no one no one got it when Mm. it first when it first came out i think um i guess what what do you have to say about that is there something in there that like uh, makes is, is that like does that make it great the fact that it went from this such hated piece of art to now everyone is suddenly like champing in it so this is an interesting question because I think that um, I think that we are reminded of the uh, of the the saying that no press is bad press um, yeah so if you have mixed reactions to an album which is fundamentally this this album is like the apotheosis of like mixed album reviews. You had people like me in in subreddits literally fighting for their life about why <laughs> this was a great album, and then you had other people like the eighty people I was defending at any given time on December twenty fifth, two thousand twenty, that didn't like it. So yeah. the fact that there was like such a polarized reaction to it, I think, then sort of sparks the idea in the <clears throat> uh, in the the positive and okay, so there were people for it and people against it. I think why the people do you think for it, people didn't like it though, because it was new and it was different. Fundamentally, I think that's got to be what it is. Um, now there are a million Cardi clones out there. There are a million people making that type of with that type of production, um, but like bef- there was nothing before it. There is music before a whole lot of red. Actually, there, I should say there was trap music before a whole lot of red, and there is trap music after a whole lot of red. I think something like Dilate embodies like that. That era before, yeah, whole lot of red. That sure. kind of trap music. Um, I guess they, I guess in your eyes, they both embody like a different type of trap music. I think so. Whole lot of red and dialect. Mm-hmm. I guess how how would you distinguish the two, and how would you define both? Like, uh, how are they yeah. different, and are they both good in their own right? And how oh, does absolutely, that work? they are both good in their own right. Um, I think that I think that dialect is definitely more like dreamy do you know what i mean like it's it's very much more like cloud rap adjacent you know what i mean and i'm not yeah. talking like full cloud rap like i'm not talking like lil b or like even like early blade in echo 2k like i'm talking about like it's like whatever whatever a fusion of that sort of purist stuff is with the mainstream and that's dialect because you know you listen to something like flatbed freestyle and it's like you know what i mean like that it like it blows your mind kod home home kod is like like that beat is so ethereal um, and lean for real is another lean one of those. Real. Another, it's literally a choir singing. Like that beat is it literally feels angelic. It's haunting, mate. It's it is. It's it, that's a perfect word to describe it. It's haunting, and you have none of that on whole lot of red, because he's taking an entirely different step. So I think that 
<clears throat> I think that Cardi, with his first album, like self-titled, I think is just he's just trying to do he's just trying to be trap and trying to be straightforward. I think Dilet, he dips his toes into cloud rap into something a lot more ethereal. Uh, and then I think with Whole Lot of Red, he comes back with a vengeance and is now trying to dip his toes into something a lot harder. Um, so for that reason, um, and I think that I think that generally trap is at the point in its career where it's like go big or go home you know like everybody has there's so much oversaturation in this genre at this point that like everybody has seen everything up until like so like, so i should say everybody has seen everything so when something new drops it's like an event and i think what playboy cardi was doing with a whole lot of red is an event and i think a lot of people again because it was polarizing the people pro whole lot of red are going to come back and listen to it to prove that they're right and they're gonna be like wow i actually enjoy this a and b like so many people are naysaying it like maybe i'm wrong and then listen to it and then there's a lot more streams uh and then i think the naysayers are gonna go back and be like well there must be something to this like i know like i know i don't like it but maybe i just don't get it yet and they're just gonna keep streaming it until they do and then until they like stockholm syndrome themselves and like that's honestly so interesting you talk about it yeah as being like an event sure i think I th- I mean I don't know about anyone else, but I guess I guess like anyone that's in this kind of culture yeah. will I think will agree with you. And the fact that it just was everywhere when it came out, it was. It um, still is. I mean, you still hear every third TikTok is, is, an, is, a, is a, with an audio from that. Playboy Carty has taken over TikTok. No he question. Has. No question. He, his 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 music is completely underrated in terms of its like mainstream appeal. Because you think so? I think so because. You say the name Playboy Carty to a lot of people, and they probably won't know who he is. But if you I sing actually, one of his songs, yeah. or if you have one of his like slowed and reverb <laughs> songs on play, people are like, "Where have I heard that from? Where have I heard?" <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Like people I know do. his shit, man. He's like influential as fuck. I sure. think. Like I, he's he's a pioneer. I would probably say that. I think it's probably probably the case here, like in the UK. I think there's like not a, just a lot of like widespread appeal, um, but definitely if you go back into the states, into like any suburban area. Um, you will, or any urban, frankly, urban area or suburban area, you will get a response to Playboy Cardi. Like mm-hmm. he, people will know who he is. He's a household name back in back in America. Like I know that to be, I know that to be the case. Um, no, he's head- headlining tours and everything. So yeah, man, it's crazy. A bunch of my, <laughs> basically my whole town. There was a huge COVID outbreak in my town just because so many people went to a Cardi concert and came uh-huh. back with COVID. Yeah, swear, no, swear. There was like a whole thing. Like none of us could go out for like the two of the four weeks we had. Uh, you know, last winter break because there was a Cardi concert in town. And well, it's definitely everyone clear, knows like, it and everyone went. So. It's clear, like he's like really, really loved, and he is obviously like, um, like very, like influential. But I guess, what would you say to the people that don't see that or like think that <clears throat> his music or trap, mumble, whatever you want to call it, yeah, uh, has no merit simply um, because it's mumbling. Yeah, or it's, a, or it's different. What well, I would, I'd probably try to catch these people because a lot of these people that. Uh, that sort of you know don't like mumble rap will then go home and listen to like Led Zeppelin you know what I mean and like I love Led Zeppelin but the first 80 times you listen to the intro of Black Dog you don't know what the fuck the guy is saying I mean like <laughs> hey ma it's like <laughs> and it's just like all that sort of stuff like obviously you don't know what the damn guy is saying like the issue is you listen to music where the the singer is being unintelligible like you <laughs> there is already a like a group um, i should say there is already music that these people enjoy that is effectively mumble you know what i mean so does that imply that music is more about the feeling that it creates that's a good than, question that's a good question rather than the content it provides yeah man of- yeah i think so i think for the vast majority of people and i think this wraps around to our first bit for the vast majority of people 
you know, they're not looking to, to critically think about this piece of music that they're listening to. They're not looking to, to evaluate whether or not this is moral, you know, if whether they're supporting someone who sucks. They're not looking to, um, you know, deeply analyze these Taylor Swift lyrics, you know. They're just looking to have a good time. And they're just looking to listen to this Chris Brown song like, dude, I'm trying to listen to Ignition, bro. That shit is fire. I fucking I love that song, bro. Um, but I I just don't because you know R. Kelly's a horrible person. But I think the vast majority of people would just be like, for the vibes, man. Go yeah. ahead, play some. Mm-hmm. You know. And I think that I think that that really ties it all in a bow because it's like a lot of people um, are way more focused on the sound and the feel that the music brings rather than the um, like the context behind it, the reasoning, the methods, you know, all that critical thinking shit is out the window. Mm. People just want to have a good time. I think what you've just said there, you've com- perfectly described another album that we should we should talk to, talk about. Oh boy, uh, Sir Travis Scott's Rodeo. Yes, right? sir. Here we go. Okay. I think what I think, in my opinion, what makes this album so special is the fact that um, Trap was in a stage in 2015 where it was like just straight bangers yeah. and no cohesive albums. Like I guess apart from like DS2. Something like Futures, Futures, Future. Dirt Yo, Spy, right? Like Jeffrey. Oh, yeah, Jeffrey. Love that man. But like, I, I guess don't, I don't love that man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like our artists, I guess like uh, I'm thinking like Migos. I'm thinking uh, Chief Keef. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Trap was in a stage rest where it was. Off, man. Yeah, rest in peace, take oh. off. Yeah, that was awful, awful news. That's but uh, yeah, like I guess Trap. In that era, was in a stage where in its infancy. It, yeah, it wasn't. Sure. It was. It was in its infancy. You're right, um, but no one had managed to crack the code. Yeah, and I think, I think that's yeah. what's so interesting about Travis Scott's rodeo. And I think my next question is, how did he crack that code? Shoot, man, I don't. So I don't know anything about the making of the album. I'm not tapped in on, on Travis Scott as much as I should be, um, but I I just know that I love that album. Like it is absolutely absolutely phenomenal and there's no question that it was groundbreaker like that album produced so many like not just like bangers like you have bangers on that album um uh but you also have like more complex like like uh what's the word i'm looking for like sophisticated songs that use the trap medium the trap formula like 90210 like yes now it gets played at parties but like when it dropped like that shit was like fuck, I gotta think about this beat switch, man. Like, mm-hmm. why are there guitars in this song, bro? Like, what? Um, when you listen to something like uh, Piss on Your Grave, like the beat switch there, between that, like, the most, like, the dirtiest guitar of all fucking time, like, Mike Dean is just shredding your ears off with, like, and then just Kanye going, yow, yow, <laughs> with, like, some, like, beat that sounds like it's submerged underwater. Fucking pornography makes you... It's just, like, one of those journey songs that takes you through something. And I just don't think you, that, like, the same can be said about any trap album since. Like, I think that... I think that you're right in that it was so early that it not only managed to crack the code, but also set the standard. And I think since then, it's been, like... I don't want to say it's been a, like a constant decline in quality, but, you know, nothing has reached that point. Like... I completely agree with you. I don't think anything has matched its, its, uh, its complexity in terms yeah. of production and its immersiveness. 
Also, it's, 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 it's level of experimentation is ridiculous. Like, I look at I look at an, an album like Rodeo, and I don't see any intended singles. I don't see any two and a half minute songs that were 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 stripped. manufactured. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna look at the track list actually right now, just to just to sort of see if I agree with you, because my gut tells me that I agree with you, but I'm also like I have to think for a sec. So I totally maybe antidote. Yeah. Definitely antidote. Antidote got played at every party. That's true. Definitely antidote. I think, yeah, I forgot all about that song. Mm. I, I think, I guess my personal favorite on Rodeo is Maria, I'm Drunk. Oh, <laughs> Justin Bieber's is so it's good on that song. I, I know if Jack's listening right now, he's going to be like, like kicking himself because I talk about this song all the fucking time. <laughs> I think it might be my favorite song of all time. Really? Uh, wow. I don't know what it is, but there's just something about the song that feels like you're just traveling into like another dimension type shit like yeah, absolutely the the transition uh like a minute in is ridiculous and justin bieber has like a career verse oh yeah on oh, that yeah. song that guy kills it's crazy and then young thug does his thing as well but there's just something about like when that transition happens like the dark piano keys mm-hmm. sort of echoing off yeah uh it just it just puts you at ease and just allows you to kind of just like let let the song take yeah. you places. Yeah, you know? I always love listening to people talk about their favorite songs. It's like <laughs> it's such a wonderful it's such a wonderful like way to get to know someone until because I know you, but it's also like it's like a like I'm looking into something you know like uh, I I I love the way people describe their favorite songs. There you it's go, wonderful, that's, wonderful idea. That's the best way to get vulnerable is talk about your favorite music. Yes, yeah. sir, <laughs> I can attest to that definitely. That's absolutely my favorite song up there with uh, Reborn. I think Ooh. that's I one think of those that's, songs, man. Uh, I always I, I, lo- I was watching like a video essay the other day about um, reborn and Ghosts mm. and the essayist uh, attributed I'm um, so like keep moving forward keep moving keep, forward. keep moving forward to mm-hmm. finding Dory just keep swimming <laughs> like just keep <laughs> yeah, swimming. yeah 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 just, sure because I, I guess it's the same, same message same you know thing, yeah, it's the totally. same message um, is there anything you'd like to talk about? In terms of kids see ghosts and and that, I mean specifically reborn because that's a very important track to me, and I'd love yeah. to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, I mean I love reborn. Um, personally, uh, reborn is probably like in the middle of that track ranking for me, which I know is like a blasphemous thing <laughs> to say. I know, I know, but hear me out. So, I um, while I love the song, don't get me wrong, I love a lot of the other songs a lot more because, like I said earlier in the in the talk show, you know, like a lot of um <clears throat> a lot of that album helped me move from rock to more like hip hop mm-hmm. and like electronic music so i have a greater appreciation for songs like fire um for songs like feel the love you know what i mean like those more so, energetic like hyped up bangers i guess for lack of a better word what do you think about um is it Cuddy Montage? Cuddy Montage it has is Cobain's Yeah, it does. It's yeah. from uh, it's from what is it? Fire. It's like it's from set one of the his... rain on fire. It's like something like that. But it's, 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 it's his solo work. It's right? from it's Montage of Heck, which right. is which go. is his uh, his album that came out. Um, it, it's he didn't actually make the album. It was posthumous after his death. It came out as um, uh, uh, sort of an accompaniment to uh, the the. Um, the documentary that came out of the same name, the eponymous documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, <clears throat> like there are some songs on there that are really, uh, you know, really cool and really well fleshed out. Like this one, the one that gets sampled on Cuddy montage. And for that reason, I have a lot of respect for Cuddy for that. That song is beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful song. Um, but like, 
you know, also there are songs on that <laughs> on that uh, montage of Heck album. There's one, I don't know if you ever heard, like, I Like Beans, but it's literally just Kurt <laughs> no, Cobain with a guitar going, Beans, Beans, <sighs> I Like Beans. So it's like, you can't really take that album seriously. Yeah. But you know what you can take seriously is Kids See Ghosts, because God damn, that's a great album. I think Kids See Ghosts is probably, like, the example of the accumulative efforts of Kid Cudi and Kanye West. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's what they can achieve when they put their mind towards something. Yeah, and I, I also find myself still listening to it because, like, Cudi has cut ties with Kanye, so to a certain yeah. extent, like, I'm there for him, you know? Yeah. I'm not there oh, for him. Oh, me yet. too, me too. Yeah. I would say, though, I find it very interesting. Kid Cudi is, is someone that I really, really like, and I'm going to see him soon. Re- yeah, in London, Very, very right? excited in next, London, uh, yeah. Next week? Mm-hmm, next week. That's pretty cool. And uh, <coughs> I guess there is sort of, like... Uh, I'm not going to say controversy, but there is a talking point when it comes to Kid Cudi and the fact that people think that his solo work <coughs> pales in comparison to when he's marched with. I so disagree, man. I love Speed and Bullet to Heaven. Like I can't lie. <sighs> oh my this god, this is the I most know. controversial. I know, I bro. I wish we had more time to talk about it. Like Adventures. God, I love that song. Mm. I really do love that song. Yo, can we try and get? I need to ask these people if they know how to download because I really want this this is such yeah, a good that's episode Henny. that's right. my boy I, we can talk you to him. him yeah for sure can you wave him bring him in <laughs> we've got another guest coming in hell let yeah. me talk radio hell yeah we know this guy yo <laughs> you guys can come in you guys can come in also do you get, are you guys tech trained uh yeah thankfully do you know how to download an episode Down- after. yeah uh you'll get sent a link afterwards get sent, sent a link afterwards uh, it's like called the star robot Right. And then it just sends you a link, and then the is link should sure, have your time. Sure, yeah. I'm a guess. Uh, oh, so, like, how long do we have? You've got two weeks from when it gets sent to you. Oh, like, thank fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I was shitting myself because, like, Tom's <laughs> not here to, like, tech train. He's, he's seen Kendrick tonight. Uh, so, oh, yeah, that's very nice. nice. Very nice. Well. Yeah? The mics are on if you guys want to sit down and talk. I don't know. How much What's time do we you? have? We've got uh, 10 minutes, so, 10 like, minutes? Gotcha. Gotcha. we can, like, leave. Ah, very nice. Very nice. Yeah, we're sitting here, we're talking about music, Kanye West, controversy, all that stuff. So that's uh yeah that's but that. yeah I mean what were you saying about Kid Cudi um and his solo work I don't speed know speeding speed to heaven that's it's a constant interesting opinion. take you know? I know I know after the after the the scalding Fantano review oh the a zero lot of people, the zero I yeah. mean because Fantano took him from a zero to the ten with I know uh, I know that's why yeah. it, there was that there was that whole meme about how like how like Kid Cudi's the only person to receive both a zero and a ten from Anthony Fantano yeah <laughs> um no I I I I think that it's a grower. Um, and I think that he's trying to do something there. It's it's a lot like Whole Lot of Red, which I think is a would probably get me stoned in certain circles if I said something like that. Um, but <laughs> like I would be I would be publicly executed and, and hanged um, if I said some shit like that to certain people. But I think that I think that it performs the same function in that it is taking something trap, taking a genre, um, and then fusing it with another genre in an exceedingly creative way. Um, mm. I again, I love the song "Adventures." Like, I think it's, I think it's really s- like a serious banger, um, because I think that Kid Cudi knows what he's doing when it comes to like, experimental rock. I don't know if you're familiar with Wizard. Do you know Wizard? Wizard of course, yeah. Wizard is lovely. So, Teleport to me, Afflict them. Yeah, those um, two songs I know. Uh, what's the What's the one Wizard song I like so much? Um, Where did you sleep last night? It's a cool cover. Live, uh, love fast. I like love fast. 
Um, that's a fun song. Or no, Love Hard. Is it Love Hard? Uh-huh. It's, my, it's either Love Hard or Love Fast. I'm going to Google it right now. Um, but whatever I the feel case. like such a fraud that I don't know these songs. I'm like, it's supposed Wizard. to be the biggest Love Hardy fan. So Love Hard is great. Wizard is, it's Wizard. Nobody fucking, nobody fucking listens to Wizard. Yeah, um, I mean, to be fair, Teleport to Me, Jamie, is like, it's beautiful. It's like, different. Yeah, it is. It's very different. And, you know, all this to say that I, I do believe that Cuddy has the rock chops to be able to create something that is not only, um, new and boundary pushing but also like listenable and i think a lot of people would argue that speed and bolt to heaven is not listenable but um i think that i, I think you just have to try a little harder you know i think you have to actually be critical about it there in is a, a way couple of songs on there uh speed and bolt to heaven yeah i mean like self-titled yeah yeah i it's love ridiculous. i love speed and bolt to heaven the song is amazing the song is crazy and then confused as well i'm less familiar with that one i won't confuse you should listen to it because okay. that's got like really good rock uh, riff throughout sure. um, and I guess like what he's talking about is also very very important mm-hmm. uh, I guess if, if you've not seen the documentary he talks about Confused a lot Yeah. Um, oh Edge of the Earth and Judgmental Cunt are two of the I fucking love those songs <laughs> sorry I just, just to interrupt I love that album uh, I think talking. it's interesting that you pick out Speed and Bullet to Heaven especially because that was like a time in his life where yeah. he was just like off the at rails the, at the low, he, he right, was at yeah. the lowest point of his life and you can see that through his music there's, mm-hmm. there's literally no hope I know. In in the whole album, yeah. it's, it's dark, it's it's moody, and then confused kind of like sums that all up for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm pretty sure the first um, like the first line is I might go losing it and jump off a cliff. Like, yeah. That's literally the first line in the fucking song. Yeah, and it's but it's so catchy, and that's I know, and that, I know, that comes man. back to what we were talking about, <laughs> like not listening to the lyrics. Yeah, because. I can listen to that song and like enjoy it and feel happiness when I'm listening yeah, to that song. Yeah, exactly. I feel Despite happiness, the fact that it's so... I like, feel happiness ugh. in someone pain and torment. That's what's <laughs> so interesting. Well, you put it that way. I mean, shit. Are like, you a, all right, real quick question. Are you a Paramore fan at all? Paramore fan, I'm unfamiliar. All right, so Par- you know Misery Business? Misery Business. A song that's like, um, I'm in the business of misery. Let's take it from the top. She's got a body like an hourglass. It's ticking like a clock. Maybe. It's well, I'm not ever meant to brag, but I got it where I want it now. Maybe. Right, maybe. I'm okay. going to say maybe. I'm going to say it's, maybe. It's just they're, they're a band that I think are very interesting in that they are the absolute masters of making like the most depressing shit you've ever heard mm-hmm. with like the most catchy pop beats behind it like it's just, it's really gorgeous music that is so danceable but the lyrics are literally like if the first cut wasn't deep enough i dove in again because i'm not into giving up you know yeah. like that's an actual lyric from uh from a song and it is so depressing when you read it on its own and then when you listen to it it's like if the first cut wasn't deep enough it's like damn i want to fucking dance well, it's like uh that song i took a pill in ibiza <laughs> <laughs> what is that mike posner yeah yeah, yeah, yeah because like mike the og posner. version was like just him and a guitar and yeah. it was just like you know, I took a pill and it'd be easy and he's so like just talking about cool. how like you know like and overindulgence is like yeah. toxic oh yeah but the song ended up becoming a club banger and everyone's just like I still hear it played sometimes you know what I mean yeah 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 so you know it's very interesting like we've just gone full circle and talked yeah. about like uh, how lyrics basically or for the most part don't mean shit yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> no but it's, it's honestly been really really good to talk to you yeah I, I love being a really good time thank you we have a couple of people that are staring at us now so we will get we will get finished soon uh, it's been let me talk uh, good night this is Callum Mayer without my host oh. Tom which is unlucky he's seen Kendrick tonight but thank you very much yeah, Miles thank you again man I really appreciate thank this thank you and good night have a good night